Welcome back to this channel today, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Higdon. This is Transformed to Freedom. We have uh, a pretty good show, I think, today, like usual. <laughs> like usual. Um, but it's been an interesting week. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been pretty interesting. So last week, I uh, the first thing I kind of want to talk about, good morning. No, it's not morning. What are you talking about, Robbie? Um <laughs> So last week got to do something a little bit interesting. Thought it was kind of funny. Um, I got to ask presidential candidate Asa Hutchinson a question. <laughs> I don't think he liked the question very much either. So it was uh, it was it was pretty good. But if you know, so Asa Hutchinson running for president still, I guess. I don't understand why he's still running. Um, he has no shot. And he he was in Georgia by our local Young Republicans chapter because he didn't make the Miami debate stage. So what they did is they had a, uh, a town hall with, with him and then did a viewer watch party of the debate. And we'll talk a little bit about the debate later on but this was hilarious um and so yeah i'll pull this up you guys can see what the question was and i'll talk about it okay the next question is coming from sarah Higdon. yes and sarah has a question it's around health care and lgbtq people um, as governor of arkansas she would like to know, why did you veto a bill that banned minors from receiving cross-sex hormones and elective surgery instead of opting to protect children? For Sarah. Right here. Okay, thanks for the question, Sarah. And first of all, I believe there's two genders that God created. And so I would sign any law that prohibited permanent changes in minors in terms of their gender. The reason I vetoed this bill is that it went further than that and uh, interfered with referrals, interfered with routine health care decisions that parents make. And so that's the reason I vetoed it. But I would clearly sign any law that uh, prohibited minors from having permanent change uh, in their, their status or their gender. All right. Obviously that was false because he had the opportunity to do that and he didn't. Um, so if you know, I think I talked about the bill itself here on, on this channel because it was struck down in 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 the first courts, the court struck it down. It's going up to the appeals court um, and everything like that, right? So it will eventually make its way up. Thing is, these bills are all going to go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court's going to decide. Um, what he's talking about is there was a provision in there that said that um, it basically told doctors, like I said, I think when I talked about it, I agree that this part that he's talking about is unconstitutional. So it said that doctors could not give referrals to gender dysphoric minors 
um to see i don't i don't even know it, it would it would be a mess because it would be like you couldn't even give a a minor a referral to go see a mental health provider for gender dysphoria you couldn't give and then you couldn't give a referral out of state so that's the that's the big issue is you're it's a first amendment violation because you couldn't do that however my follow-up question would have been okay there was a first amendment issue but why not let the courts cut that section out of the bill while still passing it and being on the right side of history see this is the thing is you can pass a bill and the courts can go in and say well this part's unconstitutional so you cannot implement this part but the rest of the bill is fine to go forward and to be um and to be um implemented see he he actually said so he he vetoed it and then his his um the state legislator overrode his veto and the thing about that is then the hrc or whoever it was that was fighting against the bill i'm guessing it was the hrc and maybe the aclu they used his veto and his comments during the veto as reasons why it was unconstitutional they like literally took him and said even the government even the republican governor knew this was illegal to do and so it, it really worked against the bill being pushed forward if he if if he really meant what he just said in that video he would have signed the bill because he says he would sign the bill that prevented you know permanent changes to any minor um but he didn't what's really interesting i thought it was kind of funny is because this was the second question of the night um and <laughs> i was the only person where he asked where i was in the audience like I'm right here, you know, I was filming, but I raised my hands and I'm right here. Um, Cause I think he was taken aback. He didn't know how to answer it. And so he used talking points, he, what he thought people wanted to hear, but he really couldn't, he really couldn't answer it. And I don't know how, again, he thought that he was going to run for president and do anything with that veto on his record. I mean, vetoing that bill is something that only tw maybe 25% of uh, all Americans support because 68% 68, 68 of Democrats even are against the transition of minors. I think it's something like 73 independents and then, um, what, 80, 88% of Republicans are... Are against it so yeah there are 11 percent of republicans who think that minors should be allowed to transition that's what i'm getting at there so it was interesting i don't know why he's still running but you know these people need to understand that we know more and i do wish that i would have been able to have more of a back and forth and i would be able to actually ask the question myself um because it would have been a lot i guess it would have been a lot better but it, yeah, it, it is what it is, you know? So that was fun. That was part of my week. Um, and there's been crazy, crazy other content creators making videos about me. Um, and I really, you know, I was contemplating 
whether I wanted to uh, comment on Miss Blossom Brown again from the Jubilee debate. Literally, just tag me in a in a in a, in a post on Instagram like a couple hours ago. Like it made absolutely no sense. And the funniest thing about this is I'm guess I am going to give her a little bit of the attention that she wants, um, that she so desperately craves is that it said like she, she tagged some weird creators and I don't even know why that she tagged half these people in there. Um, I mean, it was like seven of us and even people that are more liberal who actually one of the creators actually had attacked me or had attacked me this week too. So I don't get it. Um, I'm starting to realize Blossom's very narcissistic um, and weaponizes their race um, because, because she can. But it's so funny because she does this and she attacks. And then she limits the comments on her Instagram videos. Her entire Twitter account is private. So basically all she does is attack and then lives in this echo chamber. So nobody can tell her she's wrong. Um, kind of ironic. But that's all the... the um, the time I'm going to give to Miss Blossom. Um, I did write a post on Twitter. Um, if you want to go check that out too, because um, it's very telling when a person goes to the White House, goes to the White House, goes to get, goes on Oprah and gets a check from Caitlyn Jenner to go to school. gets to interrupt, literally steals the microphone out of a woman's hand at a CNN town hall during the 2020 presidential election and doesn't get kicked out of the event and then has the audacity to tell other people that we are more privileged than she is. To weapon... And, and basically, she says, "I, you know, basically weaponizing... Um, weaponizing her race because she thinks she's better than us. She thinks that she can do what she wants uh, because of her race. And so she thinks that she's better than us. Um, it's, it's so, it's so funny. Like, yeah. Stay in your echo chamber. Um, but if you ever want to come out, I'm sure people would want to want to discuss some of these things with you. Um, yeah, it's not. No, you're absolutely right, Jen. It's not healthy to live in an echo chamber. It's so funny because nothing of mine. I have. I've never limited comments. I don't. I. I basically have a habit of not even deleting comments. I. I, I don't believe really in deleting comments. I will mute a lot of people on Twitter. But it's so funny because, I mean, I unblocked every single person that I, I had blocked on Twitter. The reason why I unblocked everybody is because I got monetized so I can monetize my haters. So any comments that come, cool. I, I, just show yourself to be who you are um, and keep paying me, I guess, right? But that's all this is. Like, I hadn't thought about Blossom in, um, 
Yeah, probably since the release of the Jubilee video. Here she is, coming back again, trying to stay relevant, but she's not. She's not relevant at all. She thinks because she works grassroots. Grassroots. She The audacity to say, I don't see any of y'all on the front lines when I've actually been to the front lines is like, honey, you wouldn't last a day on the front lines. Let's just say that. All right. I'm ranting too much about this. This is this is not what I'm here. Don't want to talk about it. That's it. We're done. We're done with Blossom. We're canceling Blossom from our from our from our channel, from our memory, and we will just move on. Because ap apparently it's transgender awareness week. Like, honey, like everybody. People are aware we exist. They're well aware. We have a day like every day, like every month is transgender something day or LGBTQ day or queer something day, queer pride. What? I mean, I, I remember I showed when they said transgender history month a few weeks ago and it like you look at the list and there are like, there's a day in every single month, I think, except for in like January and forget what other month it is. There's like two months, maybe February, um, that there's no trans stuff or, or LGBTQIA, LMNOP, whatever stuff, right? Not, there's nothing, there's only, there's only two months that there's nothing there, which is really crazy because like, you know, Saturday was also Veterans Day. Why not make a post about Veterans Day? Why not worry about that? I mean, you're so worried about trans people being in the military, yet you don't seem to support the military very much. Let's talk about that. All right. First story on the docket tonight. California, y'all. San Francisco. Uh, in general, right? San Francisco, basically, <laughs> they cleaned out their entire homeless population. Like, last week, just in time for uh, Xi Jinping's uh, visit, which is the president of China. And y'all, like, they cleaned out these homeless camps. Like, Literally just went through, picked up the tents and threw it all away. Like just move these people out, move people, you know, all this stuff. And it, a lot of people are saying like they can do it just to make a good impression on the Chinese government when they come here, which shows that they could have done this all along. Which yeah, I get that. I get that sentiment, right? Um I don't really think that they corrected the problem and they put a band-aid over the problem though. So they actually went in and they were like, they, they literally like, it's like when <laughs> the example that I use, it was like when you're a kid and your mom tells you to go clean your room and instead of like actually putting stuff away and organizing everything, you just shove it all into your closet. And so 
after they come and inspect, then it all falls out, and then you don't really correct anything. That's what this really seems to be to me. Like they they didn't correct anything. They just literally swept it under the rug, and it's gonna come right back out as soon as these people leave. I wish I had a picture of like uh, this barrier that they put up. Um, let me see. Do they at the New York Post? Um, because this barrier, when I look at this, like I'm, I'm like, if we, if we're not careful, this is what every street in America is going to look like. And it looks like something straight out of a, straight out of an Orwell novel, right? Let me see. Um, let me see. No, this is just a bunch of pictures of the homeless camps in, in, in California. Um, here's a decent picture. Let's see. So you can actually see, like, these are the types of barriers that they're putting up, and then are these tall-ass barriers that stop, like, before the road, that... So there's the road and the sidewalk, so people can't like go into the sidewalk and and all of this stuff. It's it, it it's it's absolutely. I mean, it's insane to think about. I mean, this could be what they be they they're like. They could be like, this would prevent crime, you know. So we're gonna have checkpoints throughout the city, so you can't just move throughout the city. Like, because when you see like the crosswalks, there's like almost an area where you could put a guard stand in every single crosswalk area, and because there's gonna be so many high-profile people, there's probably I know they said the um, the Chinese government actually hired over two hundred um, or a hundred private security people to. Um, because there's like something like 20,000 people coming in for this. I think it's going through, it's going all week. So it started on Saturday. It's going all week. It just. Uh... I, it, it, it does. And, and, and like I said, I, I think a lot of people are like, Hey, they're, um, They're just kind of, you know, it just shows that they could clean up San Francisco, but they've always chose not to. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's necessarily what happened. Um, they actually have, they, they just pushed everybody out. And so when all this, it, it didn't change anything, but it is kind of, kind of interesting that I, I, I kind of want to know where like the left is on this, right? So where are the people who are like, say that we can't just like clean up the homeless population because then they would have nowhere to go and they're like caring about homeless people, right? Where are those people right now? Where are like the left people, the left who are so like use emotional arguments to back up like why we can't, why we have to treat 
you know, why our, our city should be full of homeless people, you know, drug addicts and, and stuff like that, instead of, you know, actually getting to the root of the problem, maybe not keeping them in our city centers because the foot traffic in our city centers is dissipating. And so businesses are not only crime ridden in these, in the middle of these cities, but then um, businesses can't make any money because there's no foot traffic. So the city centers are literally closing down. Businesses are closing down left and right. And all of these city centers because of the homeless, like I, I don't go downtown in Atlanta when I know that there's going to be a lot of like homeless people down there. It's, it doesn't make for a pleasant experience. You don't want people to come into your city and, and then people don't want to visit your city. There's, you know, there's no tourism um, when there's, you know, this happening down there. Now I've laid out plans before um, in videos from probably what, two years ago now that talk about like what you could do, like what we, what we could do even here in Atlanta to help out using the free market solutions, using, you know, voluntarious solutions um, and how we do that without, you don't necessarily, you don't really need government to do that. But this is just like the, the non-compassionate way is just to take garbage trucks down the streets and throw out everything. And then just like power wash everything all in like the course of a week. It, it, it doesn't, so Jen says they probably bust them to uh, the homeless to Sacramento or Oakland. That could be. Um, but from what it was looking like in here, what they were trying to do is there was some of the shelters were kicking out other people and say like the one place was saving like 50 of its beds for, um, for, for, for the, the people here. Um, and then the other shelters were, I, that's kind of what they were doing. They were trying to get all these people to go into the shelters um, instead of staying on the streets. And like, some people were saying, no, I don't like, I'm like one person went into the shelter that they interviewed. Another person was like, I, no, I don't, I don't want to. They kind of moved me when I didn't want to go do that. Um, it was just, it's just, a, yeah, this person um, was, was, accurate so they are very good at creating an illusion and they are very good at performance art it's a band-aid and indicative of poor administration and you know really at this point the frustration couldn't be any louder that's exactly what it's it's a band-aid so it's so funny because i think every every company every organization actually does this right I'm, I'm going to assume every, everywhere, everywhere that I've ever been, especially in the military. It's so funny. Um, in the military, when you know somebody that's of like higher ranking or like the president or uh, the generals are coming down, you know, coming to the post and they're going to inspect things, um, you do the dog and pony show and you clean everything up. Like they don't come down and see it on a normal work day. They see it in top pristine condition. <laughs> and I've seen this even at, um, in the, in the civilian corporate world, when the CEO is coming, um, we know when the CEO is going to come out, is going to be on site. So everything better be like in tip top shape. You make sure of it, but it's not what it usually is. And so it's, it's band-aids and that's exactly what this is. The president's coming to town and actually the president of China is coming to town. And so you're going to clean everything up. 
it just shows that they actually care more about the president of China coming to town than any of our leaders here as well. Which really interesting about this, and I don't think I, I pulled if I pulled this story up, I didn't. Um, there's another story that's talking about um, basically there, there's an there's a company called Flannery Associates that is trying to that is trying to build basically like a 15 minute city. They bought over like 52,000 acres right next to the Air Force Base in California, and it's not clear whether they actually have ties to China still. Like the federal investigators still don't necessarily know if they have ties to China. Um, and they're still talking about this. Well, you know, like last, not, not long ago, Gavin Newsom was in China. Like, I don't know why governors of states are going to meet with foreign leaders. Um, again, that's kind of like saying, I think we think it's almost indicative that Gavin Newsom may be the Democrat presidential nominee at some point, probably, you know, maybe even next year. Um, and then you have, and then, and then, so he goes over there and then they want to make this, um, they want to clean up San Francisco when they come over here. So it's almost like they're trying to get China to buy land in the U S. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Like a lot of this stuff is, it's just very, very worrisome in a lot of ways. Um, Jen McMahon, which one? Is, it's the, um, let me pull that up. I can pull that up real quick. Um, all right, let's see. Actually, it's, it's California Forever is the name of the organization, the head of the organization that Flannery is using. I guess that's the new, uh, that's the, the um it's whatever one's in solano county california um not far from see if it's on here um what airbase is that it's right by fairfield <laughs> Yes. Is it Beale Air Force Base? Let me see. Travis Air Force Base. It's next to Travis Air Force Base. Yes, John, you're right. It does make sense if you're a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying... I mean, I don't think... A, Calling yourself a conspiracy theorist is a, is a negative thing anymore because, yeah, it probably is a conspiracy what's going on there. But I don't think I can actually talk about that on YouTube. It might boot me for that. So we don't know. We don't know exactly what's going on. The feds are still investigating this one. I don't necessarily know if I trust the feds to investigate it as, again, they clean this whole place out for... Adjusting the tinfoil hat, Robbie. <laughs> but speaking of, well, the, the, this isn't speaking of homeless, right? This is this would be, be comical if it wasn't so sad. Um, but it's kind of like 
homeless. Um, Chicago. Chicago's living conditions have gotten so bad, especially for the illegal immigrants that have lit that have been, that have moved there because they're a sanctuary city. But the living conditions have gotten so bad that the illegal immigrants that moved there are going back home. <laughs> there's a there was a uh, there's a lot that end up moving elsewhere, going back home. Um, there was they interviewed one one um, family who said um, they were they were going back to Venezuela because he got here here let me see what's his name uh, Michael said the American dream doesn't exist anymore there's nothing here for us how many more months of living in the streets will it take no no more it's better that I leave at least I have my mother back home we just want to be home and if we're and if we're sleeping in the streets here we'd rather be sleeping in the streets there um like i said it would be who knew that the way to cure the illegal immigrant immigrant crisis was just to make their living conditions so bad that they don't want to move here <laughs> And, and you think about Venezuela and how bad it is there with their extreme cost of living that was due to hyperinflation um, and, you know, communist policies, socialist policies. Um, it, it's again, it would be it, it would be laughable. You, you could this is so and not only that. So this is the part of it, too, is. I mean, you saw these pictures at the top. This is the O'Hare Airport, which a couple months ago they had to open up to um, illegal immigrants because they have nowhere to house them. And then this is um, a police station where they had to open up police stations because there was nowhere to house them. Local residents are not happy that they're there either. Like they're literally going out and they're like kicking them out, like trying to stop. Like they're even, they're contemplating, like they're, bringing up their sanctuary city status. They want to move it. And they're not the only ones. The city of New York is doing the exact same thing. The city of New York has been, like they've been sending, they've been taking flyers and everything like that to, they, they, they've been taking like flyers and all this stuff to the border and then um, tell basically the flyers are saying that actually I have it here. It says tells them to go elsewhere because they wouldn't be able to afford to live in New York City. Like they're renting out hotels, and um, Savannah Hernandez um, did a inside look at I think it was Savannah. Uh, it was sad. She did an inside look at the hotels, the conditions at the hotels. They're mostly drug ridden and, and really just awful inside of um, inside of New York. And, you know, the um, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, has been saying for months now that um, like it's been it's been it's a nightmare 
saying it's not sustainable to have this many people move like coming in, um, basically bashing the president's immigration plan. Um, and it, I mean, so it's really interesting. It's kind of like, remember when they sent all those, those, those immigrants to Martha's vineyard and all the rich people were like, no, 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 no. You can't come here. You can't stay here. Like we have to get you out of here. They got them out of there as quickly as possible. Um, it's like, wait, so they're the most compassionate people as long as it's not on their property. Like they're not, they're, they're not compassionate at all. They just, they, they want to act like they're compassionate, but then they won't give up any of their stuff. They're like, let the plebs handle that. Let the, let the inner cities handle that where I don't have to go and I don't have to deal with. That's what these rich people think. Like these rich people, they're like, it's compassionate to let these people in, but they don't have anywhere to go. And this isn't actually a statement about like my political philosophies on the border at all. Um, because I, I truly believe that we should, it should just be like an Ellis Island style border system where you get a background check at the border. And if you pass, you can come through that way you can, you know, focus resources on the bad people that are crossing instead of people that want to come here and, uh, and actually work and get things done. Like that person in Chicago, he's, he seems to, he had a job and he just couldn't afford to live there. Like he was willing to work. It seems like, but because he didn't have a work permit, he couldn't really do that. So, um, people like that, I actually wouldn't mind if they stayed, if they're, if they're, if they're here and they're, and they're willing to work. Um, and they're not going to be like a drain on the system. And a lot of people say, you know, you have to get rid of the welfare system before you can do that. Um, though at the end of the day, I do think that get rid of the welfare system, illegal immigrants actually pay more into the welfare system, um, than other illegal immigrants take out of the welfare system. Just FYI. So that's not really necessarily an excuse. Um, so yeah, I think that you can just stop bad people from coming in, um, and focus your resources. Cause right now what's happening is there's a flood and it's a, just a huge mixture of people that want to come here and work. Um, people that think that we have a good wealth, you know, think that they're going to get, be able to get treated well with our welfare system and everything like that when they get here. And then you have terrorists, like actual terrorists crossing the border. We know that they, they caught a ton of terrorists last year and that's what they caught is what they reported. So we don't even know how many actually came across the border that actually want to come here and do harm. And so if you actually allow more good people to come in, you can actually focus your resources to stop bad people from coming in. If you, if you get what I'm saying. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, even New York is having an issue in what happens to even Democrat mayors who stand up and say that illegal, that, the, that there's a crisis at the border. What happens? I'll tell you what happens. The FBI goes after them. <laughs> Eric Adams has called on the president to fix the border. He's gone to the border um, to see what's going on there. Because to and and like I said, gone there, taking his city's taking flyers and telling them not to come to New York because you wouldn't be able to afford to live here anyways, and we don't have any more room for you. The FBI has 
the 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 Biden administration has targeted him now. They've literally raided and seized electronic advices or devices um, in a campaign finance probe. So you look at what happened. So they're looking. They they think in 2021 in his mayoral campaign in 2021. They conspired with the Turkish government and others to receive illegal foreign campaign donations. And so the FBI agents reportedly secured a court-authorized warrant and seized the mayor's two cell phones and iPad after they approached him on the street and demanded his security detail leave. And then, not only did they do that to him... Um, they also raided the home of his campaign consultant and top fundraiser, Brianna Suggs. And nobody's been taken into custody at this time. But it's, it's really interesting, right? You start speaking against the border. You start speaking against, against the president. And what do they do? They... They weaponize the DOJ against you. Like if you didn't, if if you were a if you were a Democrat, and you saw what's happening to Donald Trump, and you saw what's happening um, to other people who are, you know, political opponents to the Biden administration, you might you might still have a bias to say. It's it, it, these people shouldn't you shouldn't commit crimes and that's why they're why they're targeting you. It's not targeting; they're actually just investigating crimes. Except for when you see that, like Hillary Clinton doesn't get investigated. We still don't have the the Epstein client list. Um, you know, we we still there's still a lot of things that are friendly to the Bidens and in, in the in the in the Democrat administration that they are not investigating. We don't have answers for. But when a Democrat is seen as 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 actually he i mean eric adams was a pretty high profile democrat very well in the establishment democrat system but as soon as you start talking bad about the president's policies especially the border you know you start talking bad about the president and his policies and you start taking upon yourself to go outside of what the establishment considers okay now you became a political opponent. So if you're a Democrat watching this, does it does it finally make sense? Like if you're a, a New York Democrat, does this finally make sense to you what Republicans have been saying that administration is doing? Um because actually, I mean, this is this is a great rundown by Ashley Sinclair. She was on here, she said. Eric Adams slams Biden on migrant crisis, says this is just wrong. October, Eric Adams visits the borders to tell migrants, New York City has reached capacity and we don't want to turn your aspiration for dreams into a nightmare. In November, Eric Adams is investigated by the FBI. Like, do you get it now? Do you get it now? <laughs> This administration is emboldened to target their political opponents 
using the FBI, the CIA, all while, like I said, we don't have we don't have the Epstein client list. Hunter Biden was offered a sweetheart deal. Um, and and they are investigating him, but only because like House Republicans were able to uncover and the whistleblowers and actually protect the whistleblowers uh, in that case. The Department of Justice needs to be completely wiped out. And really all the three-letter agencies need to be need to be gone. Like the alphabet agencies, they just need to go, right? They don't do any good. Um, starting with the Fed. The Fed, FBI. See, this is the thing. Like the let's talk about, I mean, we could talk about like the ATF, for example. You know what the ATF does? The ATF, um, they violate the Tenth Amendment. Every time they do something. So. Let's just talk about. Marijuana laws for a second, right? Tenth Amendment is there. So because it says that anything not designated by the Constitution is then delegated to the states to make laws and, and determine the rules on. We don't I mean. When we prohibited alcohol, we passed, we, we amended the Constitution. So the states had no choice in that. Um, and then they amended it again to, to stop, to, to, um, to allow us to, you know, produce and drink alcohol again. With marijuana and all drugs for that matter, there has never been a constitutional amend constitutional amendments which set which means because there's never been a constitutional amendment marijuana laws fall under the 10th amendment so the federal government can say the federal government can say marijuana laws are illegal or marijuana is illegal nationwide right it's a felony to have whatever States can then go and say, well, not in this. They can pass a law that says it's not illegal in this state. They can legalize it in their state. That's, tenth, that's their 10th Amendment right. Some would say that the supremacy, the supremacy clause in the 14th Amendment is what allows the ATF to then go in and, and, and basically execute federal law which is in conflict with state law like state police if, if you're in a state where um marijuana is legal state police can't do anything about it because it they're state police they report to the governor that's they fall under state law the fbi and atf and all of that they can actually go in and violate the state law and and, and implement federal law why they all need to go away because they violate the 10th amendment every time they do stuff whether it's gun laws whether it's marijuana laws um whether it's it's this and then you had the like that now they're and like i said not and then now they're being weaponized against political opponents of 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 the president so um 
yeah. That's what's going on. But let's move on. Let me see. Um, let's move on to the debate. You guys want to talk about the debate for a little bit for the last uh, last portion of of this? Honestly, I'm going to say something, and um, I think Vivek Ramaswamy could be this generation's Ron Paul. He's not as based as Ron Paul, so I'm not comparing him to say that he is... He is Ron Paul, but he is following similar path as Ron Paul, and he's he's inspiring a similar number of people as Ron Paul did. Um, and he's one of the more libertarian candidates on the stage. I don't think he's a libertarian per se. Um, he has some very very conservative uh, policies, um, and he. But I think he's still trying. He's still finding his way. Um. But I think he lit up the debate stage. I think he lit it up. Um, I think when he's talking about... Actually, I'll share this one first. He went right back... At, he went right back to the not, his non-interventionist interventionist, uh, standpoints in this debate. He started to waver a little bit in the last debate and talking about other stuff when it came to Israel um, and and that conflict. But he went back to being like, no, the U.S. shouldn't be involved in this either. And I, I definitely appreciate that. So um, but here we go. I mean, here's talking about Ukraine. You persuaded by President Zelensky's urgent new plea. Where do you stand on more funds? I'm absolutely unpersuaded. And I'm actually enjoying watching the Ukraine hawks quietly, delicately tiptoe back from their position as this thing has unwound into a disaster. The first half of this race, I was the only person standing for it. Now they're actually quietly coming around to being more cautious as they should. Level with the American people here. Ukraine is not a paragon of democracy. This is a country that has banned 11 opposition parties. It has consolidated all media into one state TV media arm. That's not democratic. It has threatened not to hold elections this year unless the U.S. forks over more money. That is not democratic. It has celebrated a Nazi in its ranks, the comedian in cargo pants, a man called Zelensky, doing it in their own ranks. That is not democratic. More facts for you that you won't hear from the mainstream in either party or the mainstream media. The regions of Ukraine that are occupied by Russia right now in the Donbass, Luhansk, Donetsk, these are Russian-speaking regions that have not even been part of Ukraine since 2014, that other people probably couldn't name those provinces for you. Those are the hard facts. And so to frame this as some kind of battle between good versus evil, don't buy it. And I'd like the likes of the, the sharpest of the war hawks on Ukraine, Nikki Haley, to have some accountability and answer. Do you want to use U.S. taxpayer money to fund the banning of Christians? That is actually what's happening. They're using the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. They have banned them. The Ukrainian parliament just did this last week, supported by our dollars. And I think you owe it to the American people, Nikki, to at least this Mr. one time. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. That's time. At least Mr. to condemn their banning you. of Christians. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. We asked the question. Yes. That's kind of what I've been saying on here, too. Like, if you didn't, if you haven't been following, 
I've been talking about the Donbass region for quite a while. There's been a civil war that Ukraine has been bombing the Donbass since 20, since we, we back the U.S. back coup in 2013, which basically covered up the whole, again, the whole Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, um, Burisma, Burisma scandal that happened there. Like when we back that coup, it kind of covered all that up, right? So um, that's why that's that's the real reason why we're sending so much money to Ukraine, and and the Bidens are so worried about that is because Joe Biden got a prosecutor fired over there, who was or not prosecutor, but an investigator who was investigating the Burisma scandal. And it was all around the same time that we that the that the coup was executed, and. Um, you know, we basically established because it was pro-Russian before that and then after the coup. And so when you look at like the Donbass region, Ukraine's a really interesting territory because you have a lot of Russians, people with like people with Russian passports that live in the in Ukraine. Um, and like I said, there's been a civil war in the Donbass region because they want to join Russia. And you are seeing, it's so crazy. It is interesting, right? Like we're seeing right now, all the, all the Warhawks are starting to, like you said, tiptoe their way back. They, they don't want to give uh, that now that now you're seeing even the Democrats starting to, you're, you're starting to see even the Democrats pulling back and saying, you know what, maybe we should negotiate. We should probably negotiate um, to end this war. Which if they just listen to Republic, I mean, there's been no like. There's been people dying, but there ha but there's been people dying this whole time. There's been no like we're going to literally get the same negotiation. And, you know, peace plan that we would have gotten a year and a half ago. But they kept pushing it on. And why? Because people like Nikki Haley, right there, and everybody else that is in support of the military-industrial complex, so that they could all make money off of it. That's what it is. Everybody that supports Ukraine, like these people are all making money, and whether it's through campaign donations like nikki haley's probably just on this stage literally to get campaign donations and, and to get money for from the military industrial complex boeing lockheed all of them like that's what's going on and that's actually the next clip i have is ramaswamy calling that out too let me see where is that um wait i have this don't i Uh, yeah, here we go. If we just start on this issue, on what you would tell the Prime Minister? Not in terms of what I would tell the Prime Minister, no. In fact, I would go one step further. The founding vision of Israel was based on the idea they don't want to depend on anybody else's sympathy or direction in defending themselves. So what I would tell Bibi is that Israel has the right and the responsibility to defend itself. I would tell him to smoke those terrorists on his southern border 
And then I'll tell him as president of the United States, I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border. That's his responsibility. This is our responsibility. That's how we move forward. But I want to be careful to avoid making the mistakes from the neocon establishment of the past. Corrupt politicians in both parties spent trillions, killed millions, made billions for themselves in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, fighting wars that sent thousands of our sons and daughters, people my age, to die in wars that did not advance anyone's interests, adding $7 trillion to our national debt. And Joe Biden sold off our foreign policy. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the UN, bankrupt or in debt, as was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which Ramaswamy. case, we've got two of them on stage. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. <laughs> nice little shot of DeSantis there, too. That was that was pretty good. But, I mean, just think about that. You step down. You're, you're on the board of Boeing, who is one of the biggest military-industrial complex contractor, military contractors out there, providing stuff for the U.S., and now you're running for president, probably to make money for Boeing. Conflict of interest all over the place. That's the way it always works. That's the way that these people, it's, it's the way that it all operates. Um, I, and you know, I've, I've been talking about this too. And I don't really want to get into Israel so much because, but I, I agree with what he's saying right there. I agree with what he would tell Netanyahu. Like, yes, you have a right to defend yourself. You have a right to go smoke the terrorists. However, which really started to concern me a lot more lately is I'm starting to really, like, the amount of credible reports that are coming out from um, Gaza is how many civilians, especially children, are dying over there. It really is turning into an Israeli genocide of Gaza. And so I think you have to tell Netanyahu that that's not okay either. Okay? Like, we need to kind of, if we are in his ear, we can't say you just have full reign to just wipe out anybody and everybody that lives in Gaza. Like I said... You have to send in ground troops and hold them to Geneva Convention war standards. Otherwise, you're no different than Saudi Arabia executing a genocide in Yemen. Um, so we need to hold Israel to a very high standard and tell them no more killing civilians. Otherwise, I, I don't believe you have a right to, to do this. Stop killing civilians. You have a right to go, every right to go kill the terrorist, but stop killing the civilians. Um, and it needs to happen like now um, because they are, like it or not, Israel is losing, um, is losing the war of popularity because everybody's seeing this. And, and it's really hard to tell what is true and accurate when it comes to the reports coming out of Israel 
or out of out of Gaza. Um, you see the videos, and there's fake videos, and then there's fake videos of fake videos. It's like propagandaception, like Inception, like the movie. Like there's fake video inside of a fake video, propaganda inside of propaganda, and so um, it's really hard to tell. And I get that. That's why I'm haven't I don't comment on it that much, but I don't support the killing of innocent people. And if the numbers are accurate that are coming out from these world like health organizations, these world organizations that this is what they do, then we are getting into a, you know, genocide territory where Israel needs to stop. They need to stop. Like I said, if you send ground troops in and stop the bombing campaign, the air raids, then, then you, then you, it's, it's, it is interesting because when we, when I served, we were always talking about, you know, we had to win hearts and minds. We have to win the hearts and minds of the Afghan people, the, the, the Iraqi people. And you don't do that by going and murdering just families. Like we were giving millions of dollars away to goat herders for killing a goat because we wanted to win the hearts and minds. We wanted them to be on our side. So we were giving bunch of money to these people it's way to you you don't you're actually creating more terrorists um by going and killing innocent civilians like it's the same reason why i talked about like what made me become an anti-interventionist um was because when you look at Iraq, I saw that all we did was go into Iraq was to have a was to have a strategic position on Iran, and then you see that like all we did was destabilize the region and create ISIS. Like the Iraq War, we like because we went into Iraq, George Bush and Barack Obama, they created ISIS. They are the reason that they exist. Like we, we radicalize by, and especially for staying there for over 20 years, we radicalize these people for against us. Um, and so that is what you, 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 you risk that in Israel, Israel, Israel risks that this will just continue to be a cycle of violence in this region uh, for all of history. If you continue to radicalize these children, because these children will remember, and they will remember when you killed their, you know, you killed their mom, they killed their dad, you, that you killed their brother, and then they grow up, they're going to hate you, and they're going to, they're going to want to fight too, so you can't kill the civilians, you have to win the hearts and minds of the civilians there, it's not even about the hearts and minds in, in the propaganda campaign around the world, you have to win the hearts and minds of the people that are on ground that will support you. Because if you do become, become, if you do occupy that region and make and pull it up under Israel, then those people are going to be your civilians. And so you have to, you know, you can't create more terrorists because of that. I mean, that's it. Um, but yeah, I think the, the three-inch hill comment, we talked about that before with DeSantis. That was funny. Um, there is, this is this is really interesting. So this might have been one of the best parts of the debate. Um, 
honestly, and this was the opening. This was Ramaswamy's opening. I've never seen this happen before. This was great. And he's right, by the way. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. <laughs> Mr. Sorry. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn That's to Governor, Governor Christie. Why you? That was so accurate. It was, it really is. I mean, you host a debate on NBC, who's, NBC is not a right-leaning organization at all. They have a left-wing bias. It's it's very we we all know this. Like Kristen Welker is is very biased against Republicans. Like he's absolutely right when he says Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk would be the best moderators. And honestly, you could do it on Twitter. I think that that would be the place to do it. Do it on Twitter. Everybody would tune in. You'd have a massive audience. Um, you might even be able to get Donald Trump on that stage at that point. Um, and it would be asking questions that GOP voters, not Americans, but GOP voters actually want the answer to. Um, and he's also right. I mean, Ronald McDaniel has not, you know, produced the wins. Um, and she should resign. And also, there, there was this... So people, Tim Cast reported this actually, um, and Charlie Kirk is actually right here too. It's like fire Ronald McDaniel, hire Vivek Ramaswamy or Harmi Dillon, two good choices for GOP chair. That's you don't know. Ronna McDaniel is the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. Um, fire <laughs> Mitch McConnell um, in the Senate and hire Rick Scott. Fire Mike Pence and hire Tucker Carlson. I don't know about Tucker Carlson as VP. I do like Ramaswamy as a VP pick, though. I I, I would love that as well. Um, also, Tim Cast um, reported this. I don't remember who it was. I can I, I actually know some of the people that were in the audience that night and who it could have been that was sitting close 
to Ronan McDaniel. Um, and she said about Vivek, well, one, she said he's an asshole. And two, she said he won't get a cent from us. And apparently she told him you won't get a cent from us, which means that they broke an RNC rule and um, that they shouldn't get involved in primaries. And that's exactly what she's doing. Um, so she, I, 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 she probably should resign. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And it's so, um, Ramaswamy actually, uh, quote tweeted Ronan Mc, McRomney because actually, I guess she is, um, is she, she's related to Mitt Romney, which is kind of funny too, but, um, says reminds me of a squatter and at a rent controlled apartment. It's time to evict. Let me see. What did she say on the Ingram angle? Oop. That one wasn't. National Committee. Rana, thanks so much for being with us. Um, Vivek and others are saying that under your leadership, Republicans have lost election after election election and positing the question, you know, uh, why should you retain your job given the track record of the party under your leadership? And to that, what do you say? Well, first, I'm going to continue to focus on Joe Biden and Democrats. And I think there was a moment missed la during that debate by Vivek to talk about the fact that we still have 13 American host hostages in Israel the fact that for the first time ever in the history of either party, we had a Jewish co-sponsor for a debate, and we are in very perilous times in our country. And I do think Republican voters, and I hear this echoed all the time, are tired of the circular firing squad within our party. And they're saying, can we please talk about Joe Biden and the Democrats and the border and fentanyl and crime and what's happening to our kids and inflation? But I'll yeah. definitely defend my record as chair. Listen, yeah, I mean, Ron, I think, I, Ron, I, think I, I agree with you. Let me just say, I, I mean, all that all that you just said, I, I couldn't agree with more. But and, and you're right. I mean, obviously, that 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 should be a key focus. But I, I know you believe in accountability. You, you talk about it all the time. I mean, everyone. I mean, I'm accountable. So you're right. Okay, that's what I asked you when you went into another, you know, another yeah, I was going to go there. Sorry, I took too long on the answer, but I was getting there. I'm not trying okay. to avoid anything. All Let right. me promise you that, Laura. Listen, when when Vivek didn't vote in 2016, I was leading Michigan to the first win in history in 30 years. In 2018, we defied the odds. We got three senators, people like Josh Hawley, that allowed President Trump to build the largest conservative majority on the Supreme Court. In 2022, the RNC, which is a yeah. turnout machine, right? We're not the messengers. We don't create the messages for the campaigns. Those are the consultants who get very, very well paid. Well, one of the things, they, they, Arana, that happened was, I think, in Virginia, People were wondering where the money was, whether they were going to get some help from the RNC. And I, I know it, at one point you said that, that you were not asked for money in Virginia, but a source, a Republican source familiar with the Youngkin team in Virginia told the angle late tonight that that is false. And well, there, just... meaning your story keeps changing. Anyone who thinks Virginia Republicans wouldn't want help when we knew we'd be outspent isn't being serious. You know, Rana, well, they were Laura, outspent by eight million dollars. Glenn Youngkin and, and did a phenomenal job and he raised a lot of money. A lot of people don't understand fundraising. 
I can't raise state dollars. I don't get unlimited convention and, yeah. and state dollars. Uh, and these were state House and state Senate races. The RNC is a federal it. committee. So, I mean, come on. Can you just, right. this, these are people who come after me all the time. They're on Twitter. They're all the time. And let's see their results. What did they do in Virginia? How much money did, did they yeah. get? But let me stand by something else. In 2022, Ronna, we, got, we took back yeah. the House. And the RNC yeah. is part of that. We we're building roll. the road. And yeah. we're launching Bank Your Vote. We've got to do right. that. Ronna, we, we got to roll, but early. thank you for joining us. I mean, it's right. Uh, she's, the thing is, is they, we, it was really painful because again, yeah, there wasn't this red wave in 2022. And then the night before the debate, um, Republicans lost big, mostly lost big because of abortion issues. I think though, that's what we can talk about that another time because we're kind of running out of, out of time here, but, um, the last, the last video though was then Saturday. She went on Kristen Welker's show and thanked them for being part of the debate. Ah, oh wait, wrong. Okay, on the wrong page. Having us, it was an honor. Thank to... you, thank you for being part of that because this is a time where we met the moment. Thank you so much for having us. It was an honor thank to co-moderate that debate. We thank really appreciate it. Rhonda McDaniel, thanks for being here. Goes on NBC. Not not a not a good organ like not a good news publication. Like you wouldn't you go on there and again it was like they shouldn't have even been part of that debate. Um this is the time that we really met the moment. Like you need to read the room, honey. Like you didn't meet the moment. You really didn't. When the left wing, when the when the corporate media is at your is in your corner, then you're probably not doing things right. Like the corporate media is pretty much the enemy at this point. But it was amazing to watch, though, right? Um, so again, we'll go back to this. Corporate media basically had their back, and this is this tells me a lot. Um, and Ashley Sinclair says the New York Times ranked Vivek Ramaswamy's performance last. Despite Vivek's opening opener talking about social media, take, taking social media by storm, historically, the New York Times have been pretty bad at predicting the future. They predict failure. They predicted the failure of the iPhone, television, Twitter in 2006 and flying. So, which is all true. You can go look at it. Um, and then they, they put Tim Scott above Vivek Ramaswamy, and then he dropped out of the race. They made Tim Scott get a girlfriend just, and he and he dropped out of the race a couple days after. <laughs> they love Nikki Haley because she is a war hawk. They are scared of Vivek because he has more liberty leanings. Establishment, anti-establishment. This is, and this is why I said at the top of this segment, he could be the next, this generation's Ron Paul, because this is exactly what they did to Ron Paul. It was clear Ron Paul did very well among number of, in, in very, in a lot of areas and the corporate media did everything in their power to destroy 
Ron Paul. That is exactly the treatment that they're giving Vivek Ramaswamy right now. They are giving him the Ron Paul treatment um, in favor of the establishment candidate. And think about this. They're putting Ron DeSantis number two. I'm not sure the DeSantis team should like that very much either because they're putting him at number two. When the corporate media has got your back, it probably means you're doing something wrong. Just saying. But that is all I have for the show today, everyone. I definitely appreciate y'all just coming and hanging out and uh, letting me rant for a little bit. Um, it's always good to see y'all in the chat. Um, as always, go follow me across all social media platforms. Click the, if you're not yet, click that like and subscribe button below, like right now. Click the little bell. If you click the bell, I think then you get alerted when I go live. Um, we Maybe we'll start doing some more lives and everything like that, but definitely go follow me. Follow me across social media platforms, not just on YouTube, because I'm always concerned I'm getting booted from YouTube at any moment. So just, I appreciate every one of you. And I will see you next time.